Good to see everybody. Everybody doing all right this morning? Uh, good stuff, man. That was beautiful. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Good to have you guys uh, doing that thing. Give the worship leaders uh, a hand again, man. Awesome. Love that. I know they don't do it for applause, and I say this a lot, but but it is very, uh, I mean, there's just sometimes I come in, you know, and I'm just worn out or distracted or anything like that. And these guys really help me get focused, man. And I know it happens for a lot of us. They help me get focused on kind of what, what is important, and that is, uh, that is worship of the, the God of uh, the Most High. Amen. And so, man, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, we're, we wrapped up our uh, meme, uh, what did Jesus meme study. Did you guys enjoy that, by the way? Uh, the meme. No, we had one more meme from last week. So we've got, let me just help you guys. Uh, one more meme it says, now remember, uh, you should be seen, not heard, right? Now that actually ties, that's the winner actually ties into the message today of how I've got kids, right? Like uh, we've got this whole thing. Now, uh, this, the, like some people are like, oh, we're going to start this series about having kids and being parents and that kind of thing. And what I asked everybody to do, I want you to invite people that have kids and I also want you to invite people that don't have kids. Invite, in fact, invite everybody. Here's the reason why. Some of you don't have children. Some of you do have children. Some of you haven't had children in the household for a long, long time. It does not matter from the standpoint of this isn't about, hey, what am I going to be able to just learn about parenting today? That there may be some other people that struggle or have issues about being a parent or issues about being dealing with children in general and guys, we have uh, we have a we have a, a, a plethora of things to talk about in the scriptures. Uh, first off, I want to apologize. Uh, our AC went out, and I can tell we have a lot of people um, fanning. I'm the only one not sweating today. It's weird. Usually, I'm the only one sweating. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Who knows what's going on? Who knows what's going on? What's that? It's a miracle. That's exactly right. It's a Chris. It's a it's a Jesus miracle. Exactly right. Hey, a couple of things I want to uh, want to let you guys know before we start talking about uh, this series. Help! I've got kids. I want you to understand something. I have. If you don't know, I have a. Uh, a I was a, 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 a Judy and my my wife Judy and I were a parent of only one child. Uh, her name is Morgan. She is a worship leader now, so she is also married. Been married for a couple of years. She is a worship uh, worship leader and out of the house and all that kind of stuff. Grown up, God's done amazing and awesome things with her. Um, sometimes despite uh, my stellar parenting skills. I'm going to give you a particular example about uh, some one thing that I, that I did that I look back at and I said, man, that was just really stupid. Uh, Morgan decided we got her, about, her uh, a bike. I think it was for Christmas. I don't even remember. But one day she said, hey, me and my friends are all going to ride our bikes to school. And our, the school that she was in was right in our neighborhood, that kind of thing. We thought, that's pretty safe. She's in a pack and, and all that. And so uh, she decided that she's going to ride her bike. And she's going to – she got her helmet and her pads and, you know, elbows. And we had to make sure she was, she was all padded up and everything like that. Um, unlike what I was used to when I was growing up in the 70s, I would have got beat up if I had a helmet on. But other than that, you know, uh, but hey, who said amen? So I say that. But, um, but so we made sure she was, she was pretty well padded up. But it, even though we did that, if you haven't been to our house, our house has a driveway. It's not a huge driveway, but it's got a pretty decent slope on it. Uh, so uh, Morgan said, we said goodbye, Morgan. We kissed her and everything like that. And she goes out. And about 15 minutes later, she comes like, tapping on the door she had wrecked by the time she got to the end of the driveway and we didn't even know <laughs> you know i don't know how she did it but she busted her head here and busted her shoulder here now 
that, that's an impossible, physically impossible to do. But she busted her shoulder and busted her head. I think she did like an armless somersault or something. Like she was just, uh, like, like she, so, so she was telling us the story later. She had to crawl up the driveway. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, and so she's got, she's looking at me weird. And she's got one eye kind of like looking that way and one eye looking at me. And she's got obviously a concussion. And she says, Dad, can I stay home from school? (laughs) And in my brain, I'm going, well, I know that she's not supposed to fall asleep. And if she stays home, she's probably going to fall asleep. So if she goes to school, it might be better for, oh, yeah, we got got like a pretty nasty email and everything from the teacher. I cannot believe you sent this child to school and everything like that. So, like I said, despite a lot of the things that I have done as a parent, well, yeah, there you go. Like, that's right, we were tough growing up, baby, that's right. But uh, despite the, the things that I did as a parent, there were, like, Morgan turned out okay, that kind of thing, and, and all those kinds of things. And sometimes that happens, and sometimes it doesn't. But, man, in this... This day and age, it's a whole, even when Morgan was, was a teenager, you know, 10 years ago, I could, like the, the world is so different now than it was even then. And so be prepared for that. Even if you have no kids, there may be, you're gonna, you may have kids one day. If you're thinking, I'll never have kids, but you may be able to help somebody through some of these things biblically and how to approach the whole idea of what, who children are in God's eyes, man can make a tremendous difference. Amen. And so when we do those, uh, do all those kinds of things, I want to uh, help you, uh, help you kind of go through some of that stuff. But a recent Barna study uh, said that 77% of parents said it was harder to raise a child today than it was 10 years ago. And I probably agree with that. I can't imagine some of the stuff that Morgan didn't have access to that a lot of kids have access to today. Two-thirds of those parents say it is due to the technology that is available, and I, and I probably contend to, to understand that. Social media, instant communication, all kinds of influences are pulling on our kids in different directions and doing all this kind of like it, and it is like sometimes I think parents, like I grew up in the 70s, a lot of parents nowadays grew up in the 80s and 90s, that kind of thing, like, it, like when they got little kids, and even, even when we have kids that are growing and out of the house, like me, you never stop being a parent, do we? And so we've got to, like, the only thing that we have to go by, really, that will stay true, that will stay real, that will stay 100% unchanged is God's Word. That's all we got, right? I mean, you could talk, like, I remember, I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that I was in awe of a fax machine. Like, I looked at a fax machine in the office, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we're sending this to California, I'm like, that you're sending a paper over phone lines to and, and they're gonna get that? Like it's not like you don't have to mail it anymore. No, I said, man, we're in Star Trek land now, boy. Right? And now we don't even have fax machines. You can do all that stuff on your phone, right? It's crazy. Like it is amazing how fast those things happen and we get those kinds of things. But the only thing we got, the only thing that stands true is God's word. And so we talk about anything. We can talk about kids, or we can talk about any topic or anything you want to. Like, the only thing we've got is God's Word, and that's where we want to go. Amen? You with me on that? So let me give you a couple of scriptures, and we're going to get into more scripture later. But I want to uh, sandwich that in with a couple of things that we've got going on as, as well. Romans 12, 1-2. It says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God... 
I urge, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, I urge you, I'm begging you, right, to present your bodies, plural, this is the church, right, individually, as a living sacrifice. You understand what he's talking about. This means that we collectively together in unity and in love together give to God what he wants as a sacrifice holy and pleasing to him. This is your spiritual worship, which is why I love being led by people that actually worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good. What is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of of God? Now, notice what he doesn't say in there. He He doesn't say, hate all the technological advances and call them sinful and isolate your children and isolate your people and isolate yourself from the world. He doesn't say any of that. He says, don't be conformed to the world. You see what I mean on that? Jesus was in the world. In fact, went to some very rough places met some very rough people and was but 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 was not in sin in any of those things he didn't cut himself off like a monk saying i'm too good for those people and neither should we and 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 to collect but collectively together in those kinds of things man and i'm like it is it is remarkable to me how many folks will actually do that they'll either want to be odd for god and and not get along with anybody or whatever they want to isolate themselves call everything like a smartphone or rock and roll or anything like that 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 influences a culture sinful it is not that way And culturally speaking, a lot of people think, man, it's never been this hard. Let me explain to you something about the first century Roman Empire and that culture there. Man, it was rough. You talk about robbery and crime and all those kinds of things. Man, do you realize that windows were probably no more than than eight inches wide? Because if you had wide windows in your house, it was guaranteed you were going to get robbed at night. If you walked at night, you were guaranteed to get robbed in the first century Roman Empire in, in many of the cosmopolitan areas. Things like sex and things like, like uh, deviancy were just considered as normal as eating, breathing, and sleeping. So you not only get to have sex as, as early as possible, but you have to. Like that was the emphasis on that kind of stuff. We're not even there yet. So don't fool ourselves into thinking it's always oh, ever been this bad. Amen? But nevertheless, it's getting there. And we get that and understand that. And a lot of, a lot of parents are like shell-shocked. And we can help them if we have kids or not, can actually help them through that. And so what I want to do is I want us to help overcome some of the cultural barriers about children and see what Jesus said about them because there were some cultural things in the first century as well. Children were considered insignificant. They were considered nothing. They were considered important until you got to the age of you were able to philosophize and that kind of thing and add in math and do all those kinds of things. You really weren't considered an interesting part or a helpful part of society. But here's Jesus in Matthew 19 after teaching about some great, amazing, heavy things. He said, then the children were brought to him so that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. In other words, they said, get those kids out of his way, man. He's got more important things to do. And then Jesus said, leave the children alone. Listen to this. And don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like this. And after putting his hands on them, he went on from there. Man, he gave value to kids when a society doesn't give value to kids. 
And for a lot of us, man, we, are, we feel burdened by children or we feel like, man, I, got, I can't have kids or I can't have more, whatever it is. Like, I got, this is one of the reasons why I love Kid City. For Alicia to, Alicia, raise your hand. This is our Kid City director in the, in the audience, man. Thank you. Like, you have stepped into something that a lot of people want to do. Children are not a burden. They are someone that God truly loves. And that's how we've got to help people understand it. Like, it's a, it's a remarkable thing. My, my daughter Morgan cuts hair, and she was saying that she's had a customer recently that, was, that brought her child in. And, man, just berated her. Like, like, didn't, like, it was a complete helicopter mom moment. The kid's nine years old, and it was like she couldn't move without her mom going, don't do that, don't do that, don't say that, don't, don't be careful. And it's just like oh, totally a freak-out moment. You ever, you ever been tempted to do that with your kids? Like, don't spill the milk, Johnny. Don't spill the milk, Johnny. Don't spill the milk, Johnny. Guess what's going to happen? Johnny's going to be so freaked out, he's not even going to be able to get the milk to his, to his mouth. It's going to spill. It's going to I told you, Johnny, don't. Don't do that. And here's Jesus saying, look, these are the children that we need to be more like. And if we as parents, if we as those who love other people and those who see other parents and see other parents that are in need of our help, biblically speaking, we can help navigate them through some of these crazy waters of being a parent. Because that whole help, I've got kids notice that it is a it is a, a couple that seems like absolutely on an island by themselves with their family, and that's never the way it's supposed to be in the church. So I read you those scriptures about offering our bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice together, and then seeing the way Jesus sees children. Guys, we've got to see children together the same way, right? And I love that. And there's several things I want you to, want you to be aware of. There is a curriculum that we use that was actually developed in... Um, by a by a pastor named Andy Stanley, or at least his church, some people in his church, uh, North Point uh, Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, and it's a curriculum called Orange. And the reason it is called Orange, and that's what we use in Kid City, uh, it is called Orange for uh, for several reasons, kind of a cool logo and that kind of thing. But what the, the let me let me tell you, show you the next graphic here that that it combines, and again, this is the curriculum we use. It combines. If you see the home is is in red. The, that is, represents the heart and the love of the family at home. The yellow represents the church, which is, according to Jesus, the light of the world. When you combine those things, those two things, you have what's called orange. And yellow and red making orange. So the love of the family and the heart of the family and the light of the world coming together to help raise children. Now, I'm not one of those people that says it takes a village and all those kinds of things. But it does take, man. Like if we want to raise our kids the way God wants it, we're going to raise them in the church. Right? Help people go through that. Help people go, like, like see that for what, what it says. Now, there's also a couple of opportunities for us to do some things. There's a volunteer kickoff. That is, and if you want some information, and on the 24th, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Friday, 20, the 24th at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Shawnee campus, we're going to actually be going through uh, what it means to help um, to teach children. If you want to be involved with our youth or with our kids in Kid City, it's not anything like you got to commit to anything or anything like that. It's more of an exploratory type of a thing. Does I say that right? Yeah, good? Good, Kyle. Kyle helped me understand that too. Also, we've got something called Back to School Splash, which is going to be happening here 
on uh, September the 1st from 12 to 3 p.m. Invite people that you know. Invite families that you know. We want to connect with families and help them maybe even through this. Third thing I want to help you or see, let you see in your, in your bulletin as well is something called a 30-day prayer calendar that you can do with your family starting today. So if you want to start this kind of thing, and it's actually got a, a spot where you can check off. I had a family bring me to dinner the other night, and I got a free dinner out of it, so it wasn't a waste for, for me or anything. But they asked me, they said, hey, we want to, as a family, start getting close to God, start getting close to, like, start having a, to some disciplines in our life. And so we want to do that as a family. I'm like, man, you're going to love the next upcoming series coming up. It's going to be fan, fantastic. Right, and so these are the things that we uh, we're we're getting to do, and God's just kind of laying some stuff out, really, really neat. So, want to talk about several things that uh, before we get into some of the some of the scripture, a study that I've done, and I've also got a my favorite picture uh, of all time. I'm going to show you here in just a second. But there's some challenges that we got to help parents, we got to help families, we got to help others in the church navigate through. First challenge is the speed of life. As we talked about a second ago, like that gets faster than it ever has been. We learn faster. We, we, look, we, we know things more than we ever have. Like it's crazier than it has ever been. You would think technology would slow us down. Oh, I can get something done. No, it just, it just opens up space to be able to be more productive. Uh, there's also a challenge for kids anyway, the speed of growth. They grow up a lot faster than, than they did. Like, I, like my kids... Or, or my kid, anyway, knew a lot more than I did when I was her age. Your kids, if you haven't had any yet, or they will know more than you did at your age. And also, the speed of need. Like, their kids seem to need more and, and want more. And, and there's, this, there's this worldly thing that says, hey, you got to keep the kids busy. you got to give them the best of everything. You gotta get. And there's this crazy pressure to be able to accommodate that because you feel like a terrible parent. Guys, that is not what God wants, and he has nothing to do with those, those kinds of things. And I found a, I was reading a story, it's, by a, it's a book called Leaders Eat Last by Simon, uh, Simon Sinek. And uh, one of the things that he said in there, this is one of those, cra- like, like I'd never heard this before, because you hear parents who say, hey, we can't work too much or anything like that, or hey, we've got to keep our kids involved in everything to keep them out of trouble, and all that kind of stuff. But listen to what he said. A study by two researchers at the Graduate School of Social Work at Boston College found that a child's sense of well-being is affected less by the long hours their parents put in at work and more, listen to this, by the mood their parents are in when they come home. I'm going to finish the story here in just a second. But the greatest need of children is to know that they are loved. That's the greatest need. If they don't know that, they're going, to have a, they're going to have problems like that. And some of us, honestly, if we're in our heart of hearts, are still struggling as an adult because of the lack of love that we may have had or may have felt we had growing up. Every child is different and uniquely made in the image of God. And so what's crazy about this study, he said it didn't matter how many hours were worked. It didn't ha- ha- matter how many hours were worked. But he goes on to say, children are better off having a parent who works into the night in a job they love than a parent who works shorter hours but comes home unhappy, griping, ah, just creating a toxic environment in the home. This is the influence our jobs have on our families. Working late does not negatively affect our children. 
Wow. You know, could we've been guilty like I have a work late. Now, I'm not saying to you, don't, don't take this as a license to be a workaholic and never see your family, okay? But listen to what it says. Rather, how we feel at work does. Parents may feel guilty and their children may miss them, but late nights at the office or frequent business trips are not likely the problem. Wow. Like I'd heard the total opposite. The world says, oh, no, no, if you, got, if, you know, if you work late and things like that. Now, I, again, I'm not giving you license to be a workaholic and never be at home. But here's the deal. When you come home and when you see your family and when you see your children, that's where the rubber meets the road. Man, because if the greatest need for them is to feel loved and we spend all this time working in a job, and we get home and we say, I hate my job. I can't stand it. Man, they're going to be thinking, well, if you hate that and you go to that and spend a lot of time with that, how much do you hate me? Whew. You see how important it is for us to show our children that they are loved. Man, it's incredibly, incredibly important. Man, I like, we will go through the, the scriptural references of that. But one of the things that I, uh, as, as goofy as, as, as a parent as I was, is even though I sent my child to school with a concussion, uh, I want to show you a picture of her, and it's my favorite picture of her when she was 12 years old. Isn't that just the sweetest thing? <laughs> if you notice, though, she's got dirt all over her face. I was telling you guys about some of the properties that we were remodeling, and that, well, she helped me, like, quite a bit during the summer. And I'd pay her a little bit and that kind of thing. She's 12 years old. She had just filled the dumpster behind us up completely. And she had dirt and junk. and sn- oh, It was just awesome, right? All over her face. And I remember wa- like, like riding home with her. And she told me, like, I, and, and I, one of the things I'm proudest of as a parent, as much as I screwed up, is that I never went home and said, God, I hate what I'm doing. God, I can't stand my job. Golly this and golly that. And just never, you know, never griped about the boss, never anything like that. And she looked at me one day. As we're riding home, it makes me want to cry. But she goes, you know, Dad, I really like working. Is that not the coolest? Like, you think about that, that, that she has a, a desire to work still today, and she works hard, and I love that, man. But, but that's, uh, that's just the coolest. I love that picture. I want to share that with, that with you. And so, but one of the things that we never want to do is, is, is when we get home, Guys, is to share our, now I'm not saying we should lie to our kids or anything like that, or never say it's a, it's a, it, was a, it, was a it was a tough day, but man, I'm glad that, like all that kind of stuff, you can do some of that, but man, when it is toxic because of our work, and we bring that home, the kids are going to know, and it's going to create that. Those are things we can help other parents through, even if we don't have kids, amen? It's wild stuff. Now, some of us, uh, and before we get into, uh, I'm going to kind of turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. I want to uh, let you know there is a uh, way for, in fact, you can take this on your own, or you can have your kids take this so that you can find out how to love them. Some people are critical of the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Now, if you approach it like, yes, I'm going to look at it and see how I like to be loved so that I can tell my person and my people that, that they need to know how to love me, then you're off a little bit. But if you look at these five love languages and you ask those of your family members, hey, would you take this so I know how to love you better? Then it would be really kind of, kind of a cool thing. So kids, if you will, are, are, are made in certain and in, in different ways. And, and it could be that they are feeling love by quality time. If you, and, and again, it could be that they're feeling loved by encouraging words, uh, a meaningful touch, 
could make them feel loved. Um, if you do things for them, acts of service, those are things, and receiving of gifts. Now, here's what people tend to do and what parents tend to do and people tend to do in general. What they'll do is, I feel like, here's my love language if you don't know, and I'm ashamed of this, I'm going to tell you, but it is words of affirmation. Like if somebody says, man, you're cool, man, I like what you did, man. If my wife tells me, dude, you are the handsomest, most smartest, most wonderful husband, I'm like, oh, I feel loved, right? Now I'm embarrassed by that because I, think, I should think, man, I should have enough self-esteem or whatever, which is a joke, by the way. Esteem comes from God, amen, right? We're trying to teach these kids to have self-esteem. It's like, I know what's in me, man. That's just jacked up, messed up, right? But, if it, but that's the thing that, that helps me to feel love. Now, if I always tell her, baby, you're so beautiful, baby, you're so cool, and her, my wife's love language is doing the dishes, I better do the dishes. And stuff. I, right, you catch what I mean on that. Our children are the same way. So I would encourage you to go to fivelovelanguages.com. If your children are old enough, say, hey, to answer these, and if they're not, just maybe, maybe if they're two or three years old, say, hey, Johnny, how do you feel about this? What about, and answer the questions and find out. Then all of a sudden you can know whether or not you're, you're leaning into and doing what we can to love our kids because the greatest need a child has is to be loved. That's it. And if Jesus loved them a whole bunch, even though the culture dismissed their importance, man, we've got to take heed and understand that. So with that, I want to close with this, and I want, to, I want us to just be, let, let the word just wash over us, because I want to, because the word will not return void according to, the, to what God says, right? And so when we're listening to this and, and reading this, I want us to be thinking about how do we love children this, this way? Listen to what Paul said to the church in, in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 13, very popular, Read it a lot of weddings a lot of times. But listen to this in context and think about, do I love children this way? If I speak human or angelic languages, but I do not have love, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love I am nothing. And how many children of people growing up in the church reject the church because mom and dad are different at home than they are many times in the ministry? Wow. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Are we patient with children? Love is kind. Are we kind to children? Or are we just putting up with them until they get 18? Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not conceited. It does not act improperly. It is not selfish. It is not provoked. And it does not keep a record of wrongs. Johnny, when you were two years old, you pooped in the garden, bro. I'm never going to let you forget it. You see what I mean on that? It can devastate a child and not even realize it. Thinking we're being strict and thinking we're being the right kind of parents, man. But if we're not truly genuine, God's mom, mom and son, or you remember when I did that? You never let me forget that, Mom. That's why I am the way I am. No. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices 
in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, all the gifts, right? They will come to an end. As for languages, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, Jesus, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. Listen, it's very important. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put a child aside childish, not childlike, childish things. For now we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Listen to this. Now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And if you've never thought about this, there are a couple of things that heaven and hell have in common. Well, I mean, they're absolutely at polar opposites. But there is no hope in hell, obviously. And there's no faith in hell, obviously. But there's also no faith in heaven. Because faith is in what's unseen. Faith is something that we're believing even though we don't actually see it. Guys, we get to see Jesus face to face there. There's no faith needed. There's no hope in hell and there's no hope in heaven because there's none needed we are in the presence of love himself amen so it is the it is love that lasts forever it is love that endures and it must start with us and it must start in our homes because you know what we have a value of family and we have a value of collecting us as a body of believers. And when it starts at home and it's and it's supported in the church and partnered within the church, man, the kingdom. Whoo. Katie bar the door. Amen. So here's what I want us to do, man. As we dismiss out, like as we talk about that, man, man, if you've if you've like been, I just don't like kids. I just don't like my kids. I mean, I've, I've heard parents say that that kind of stuff. It's like, wow. I've heard parents cuss them out, call them names, like, do what? And it's tough to confront that, but we've got to be able to support that and love the, love the people through that so they can see it God's way. And if you have a great love in your heart for kids, Alicia having one of those, and if you have a great love in your heart for your children and other children, guys, two things. I want you to commit to helping other families through that. Is that cool? Because like, like, even if you don't have kids, even if your kids are grown, even if you're empty nesters, even if you're whatever, commit to actually helping other families who are struggling and on this desert island feeling like they're all alone. Is that cool? So let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Number one, thank you, God, for being a, a, the perfect father. We pale in comparison. You would never let me go to school with a concussion. <laughs> but Lord, here's the thing. We are your children. And you loved us first. And you showed us true love by what you did for us. And you did not have to. 
but because of your love, because you are our Father. And it's still hard to understand sometimes that, that, that you're that wonder, like that perfect of a Father, but you are. And Lord, may we deal with that. And may our love for the children that you have given us, both in our, in our personal families, our personal offspring, and other children in the church, Lord, and other children that are, that, that are friends of ours, kids, Lord, may that be something where we take your love and share it with them so that they, they, can, they can truly be loved, which is so radical, such a radical departure in the world. Lord, as we dismiss today, may we, may we relish, may we rest in the fact that you love us and you are our Father, and we get to not have to get to share that same love with others. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Everybody in the house said, Amen. You're dismissed, guys. Thank you.